prior to eating bugs. Post bug eating. Yeah, post bug eating. Uh, but our hands are clean now. I got all the bug juice out from uh, betwixt, yeah, that's the only thing betwixt that's, my fingernails. The only thing that's wrong with bugs is the goo that goes inside your hands. Yes. After eating the bugs. But it was a beautiful foggy day to have some a, a bug boil. Not hot, and the only thing that was missing was watermelon. Watermelon? Not watermelon wheat, but just watermelon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have to get over this. <laughs> You're listening to Beer School. We're here to help you and your friends learn to like more than one kind of beer. There's lots of beers to like. Some are made right down the street from where you live, and others have to travel halfway around the world just to get to you. Learn why beer tastes like it does, how other styles came about, and all the parts that you would use to build what you were tasting. Like the heads and the tails and the claws? Exactly. Excellent. And the antennae. The best part about beer school is... The homework. The homework is beer. (laughs) And uh, in fact, sometime soon, the homework is going to be make beer. Make beer? Not this episode. Oh. We're missing our... Our guest, our distinguished guest, we've unplugged his microphone because he couldn't be here. Uh, but these he'll, things happen. But he'll be here uh, in about seven days. Okay. And in podcast land, that's about, you know. A month ne- or two. That's like the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Although the next episode um, is actually very, very cool. I'm very happy to uh, to have this on the schedule. And I don't know exactly when we're going to record it yet, but it is um, – the most ambitious thing that we've done besides Rockstar Bartender. The <laughs> Prohibition show. <laughs> okay. Because the Prohibition show took me forever really to stu- to study it, to really get my head around it. Uh-huh. And then after we did the show, I kept telling people about the Prohibition show, and I got better at telling the story. Cool. So uh, maybe someday we'll re-re-re-record the Prohibition show, and, and uh, there, there we will be. So well, today it's, Pro- it's Prohibition Part Two would be what we're, we would be Prohibition doing. Part Two. This is homebrewing Part One today. We're going to talk about homebrewing. <laughs> so, what was your first experience with homebrew? Uh you know when the whole microbrew thing was starting to come around, uh, and you started to get into also uh, the homebrewing thing is now growth. For me, it was microbrews and then homebrew. Okay, I, I I've come at everything backwards. But um, I went out and I got the kit and got all the all the parts and all the ingredients. And uh, sometime back when Bush number one was president, uh, I homebrewed twice uh, while all my other friends were getting into homebrewing. And I found out one thing: what's that? My friends were better homebrewers than I was. <laughs> now, why? Were, what? What made you? What made you a, a less ambitious homebrewer? Uh, to homebrew properly, you need to be able to make a mess, and a studio apartment. And your stove is not really the best place to homebrew. Mm. A garage, a backyard. uh, Someplace that you can hose down, in other words. Someplace you can hose down. Because the most important thing is making sure everything is really clean, being able to splash around and make a mess. And if you're trying to keep things relatively neat and you don't have all the facilities to hose stuff down and have things drip all over the place, you might be in trouble. Well, here's an example. You're doing a one-hour boil. Okay. How long does that take? One hour. Okay. Well, actually, it takes a little bit longer than a one hour, uh, than an hour. But the idea is that once you're once you got a roll, rolling boil going, it's an hour. Okay. All right. So what happens the very first time that you get a boil going? Uh, it boils over. Boils over. And so what happens? It it oozes down the side of the the kettle, 
And that's got to go somewhere. It's got to either go into in, your stove. It goes into your stove. Then once it fills up your stove, it goes over the edge of your stove. And the best <laughs> thing is, is what you're boiling is your mash or you're boiling your extract goo. Right. That you Because I never, obviously, two batches I didn't do. A full. You didn't get it into. All, I didn't do all the parts. You didn't get it into. We don't all want to get ahead of the show here. I didn't do all the parts. I took. <laughs> the, you know, you can skip the first step in in making beer if you use extract, which is just a big sticky can of stuff. It's basically sugar in. Right. It's that's it, that's, ex, that, that's been extracted out of malt. Right. It's it's instead of making your big pot of oatmeal, mm-hmm. um, your oatmeal has come pre condensed, and you dump this can of goo. Sort of like maybe molassesy, caramel syrupy stuff out of a can into your boiling water. And so uh, you're a, let's see, at the time I would have been a 24 year old doofus uh, <laughs> in my studio apartment boiling a gigantic pot of could probably kill me if it spilled on me water and sticky sugar. And if you make a mess with that, you make a mess with that. Well, at the other times, my friends had the uh, uh, either had the backyard or the garage to brew in. And they really, they got really good results, and they went with it. And I looked around and said, I'm going to the store and buying this. Exactly. How about you, John? Well, a couple of things. Um, I was brewing in my flat in San Francisco because I had access to a backyard. Okay. And so I actually was able to brew a whole bunch of times. Now, the thing was is that I never got good enough at brewing to really want to share this with my friends. Uh Like, for example – if I would have given one of these to Sean O'Sullivan, <laughs> I don't think I would be let into that place ever again, right? It, 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 it's one of the, I mean, sure, you can learn from that, but it's also about being really proud of what you've done. And if, it, if you follow the steps and you get to the end and the result is not good, then I'm not going to share that with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I might, even, I, might not even, I might not even finish it. I might even just pour it down the drain. Well, you know, I get it. I get it. I get it. My friend Scott is a home brewer. Okay. And right now I'm drinking his light American lager. Mm. It's an outstanding, outstanding example of a light American lager. Well, and it's really one of the hardest ones to dial in, but he's been doing his home brew for a long time. Sure. But he's, he's doing it on a very, he's doing at least 10 gallons, right? Yeah. And he's got really nice equipment too. It's all but, about, you know, it's, it, it's it, just, well, it's going with it. You, you know, some people, uh, uh, you know, some people are meant to write books and some people are meant to read books. Some people are meant to teach and some, some people are meant to, you know, go on and invent something really cool. Yeah. I would say this, that um, my home brewing experience has made me a better, has made me appreciate the brewing process. So when you find somebody who's made in a really outstanding beer, it, it's like, okay, you've dialed it in. You, uh-huh. you know your you know the efficiency of your system. You know what you're going to get out of that stainless. Because when I was doing it, well, I did it the I did it different every single time. Uh-huh. Just cuz I didn't know any better. Right. And it's kind of like making spaghetti, right? Sometimes you boil the water and you put the salt in. Sometimes you put the salt in and then boil the water. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you go to the ocean and just get salt water to exactly. start. Exactly. And I, and so you're doing it different every time and so the noodles don't aren't consistent. Right. And it, and it's that consistency that really makes you a great brewer. The idea that you've said, "Okay, well, here's my here's my my Stuff. step my steps." <laughs> yeah. So we, ha- 
We have a couple of, of listeners that have sent us – actually, we have four listeners that have sent us some homebrew, and we're going to be trying this during the show because uh, I don't know how they found out that we were doing a homebrew show, but this at beerschool.com, beer shows up from around the country. Right. And sometimes we don't like the beer, and we've been thrown under a bus for not liking beer, but – I will defend that and say if it has to be explained to me, then it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> and there's other beers that that we don't have access to. For, for example, the East Coast beers uh, that have that have started to trickle in right. into, into the into the the studio. Um, and we'll have those on the show as we get toward July. Right. Uh, but today we've got some great examples of homebrew. Uh, this one has the the obviously laser printed label it right. kind of looks like beer and this guy over here has probably a girlfriend or a wife or somebody and we'll get to that but the label's beautiful so we'll see how that how that takes how that affects the taste of the beer uh, well it's already influencing me because which one do i want to try <laughs> the one with the cool label you know uh at one of my uh local micros every now and then uh, we'll get together and they'll start pulling out all the stuff that the, the homebrewers bring into them and uh, start drinking it. And sometimes you just get brown bottles with like the letter L on top <laughs> or the letter, letter Q. Or it might say BW. Yeah. You which know. can only be possibly really good yeah, or possibly not so good. But um, homebrewing is a whole nother, a whole nother stage of what you can do to uh, – better appreciate beer and it's for some people some people get into it and they find that it's their thing and like me i go my friends do it better exactly so uh would you say a good gift or bad gift to give somebody a brewing kit i think you really have to know what they're doing but i think uh it might be ambitious a lot of the time to give somebody a home brewing kit okay Um, it could be fun well here's the the thing of it is is that if you have somebody who's has who's expressed like even the weeest interest in home brewing then the kit's probably not a bad way to go right your investment's going to be between thirty dollars and 120 dollars depending on the kit that you get it, of course it's going to be a, an extract um uh you know come with come with the extract for that and so you, you can either give them a a coupon to go back to the homebrew shop to get the the style of beer that they want or you know, go with a pale or go uh-huh. with a go with a American style. Um, but you know, it's a it's a hit or miss. It's a gate. It's a gateway to hell, is what it is. <laughs> because home brewing. Yeah, so here's the thing: home brewing is no is not any different than big brewing. True. In right. In terms of time. In terms of time. So when you're brewing a beer. Like, for example, when Jesse was brewing beer today, he had the kettle going and he had to be there the entire time. And I think his boil was an hour and a half. Uh-huh. Well, if you're making a homebrew in your backyard. And you got five gallons in a pot. You got five gallons in a pot. Guess what happens? Your boil is going to be an hour to an hour and a half long. No difference than the big, than the big right. 200 Two hundred gallons might take you a little bit longer for the big guys to boil their water because they're sure. boiling a swimming pool worth of water. <laughs> uh, but besides that, all the processes that you run through. Well, or if you uh, are the assistant brewer and you forget to dial in the exact temperature, so uh-huh. you're thinking that you're going to get there at five o'clock in the morning. 
to brew beer and it's at 78 degrees because the uh, assistant brewer didn't dial in the right exact temperature. If you talk to brewers or assistant brewers, the thing that they hate the most is walking in in the morning, assuming that the timer on the kettle had fired up the kettle to have it ready to go when they walked in. And it wasn't. And you have to stand around. As we all know, a watch pot never boils. Got to go for donuts. Donuts. Or eggs or breakfast or whatever. <laughs> Which, you know, another thing you can do instead of a homebrew kit is a lot of places have the uh, go brew it yourself place. That's a really good way to go because a couple of things happen. You you go into a place that's already set up for brewing beer. And you can make a mess. And you can make a mess. And the guys know – it's like – if you do a boil over, it's no big deal because they've got the hose that, that will go right into the drain. Well, it's like our fishing trip last Sunday. Exactly. When the big fish came out of the water, you go, hey, net guy. And the net guy would come over <laughs> exactly. and grab the fish off the line and throw it in the net and throw it in the little fish coffin. So, But the but that's a really good way to brew beer because, first off, you're being over – there's a there's a master brewer. <laughs> there's adult supervision. There's adult supervision. There's a guy who's standing around who's – really into the idea because it's probably his shop or yeah he's there to learn about being a brewer uh you know on a on a larger scale and he's there to help you you're beeping i'm just using it to check time oh sure i didn't expect it to do that (laughs) um but also it's uh if you're thinking about giving somebody a gift you could organize a trip for you and your buddies to go to the uh brute yourself thing one of my friends they've been doing it for eight or nine years now, and they drive all the way out to Sacramento now to do it. Wow. And they get really good results because you've got all the materials there, and you've can you got the setup to deal with making decent beer. And it bypasses the keep everything clean because they've got sterilizer, dishwashers to wash the bottles, and they've got little cute little, like, you know, play school brew kettles to uh, mess around with. And so... If you're, you know, if you listen to the show and you get inspired, uh, maybe it's a brew it yourself place is the first step instead of a brew kit. Instead of a brew kit, because you're a little bit closer to your, uh, a little bit closer to doing it professionally or with professional equipment, and you don't have to make a mess at home and piss everybody else off that you live with. It's kind of funny because you know we were talking about my homebrew experience, and I've done that. I've gone to the to the uh, the mall store. Where they have the the homebrew or actually the brewing stuff, uh-huh. and it's really fun. And I and I, I don't I never considered that a homebrewing experience, but because there was it's all the same result because there was all this because there was all this great there was all this great beer. Yeah. I mean, excuse me, all this great gear that was helping me make this, and so it almost felt like cheating, you know. And <laughs> essentially, you know, you're paying for the ingredients, you're paying for the process. It's going to sit there in a kettle. Uh, for the boil, and it's going to go through the fermentation, and then you're going to show up two weeks later and do the bottling. Right. And the best part about that, they have the proper bottling machine. Right. You know, you're going to go through. You know, you can use a commercial filter. You can use. It, it goes through the commercial bottling so that you're always getting the right fill. You've got a good capper because somebody used it yesterday. Right. And uh, I've just I've just gone along to watch them do it. <laughs> it's fun. All right. Um, that, what, what, actually, that that makes a so. If I was gonna if I was gonna say give a gift of brewing, I would say the coupon to the the beer store, you know, brew it myself beer store would be the way to go yeah. like for that first experience. Or make it the party, or exactly take all take four of your friends and go and do this. I've done it where people are brewing a batch of beer for 
uh, planning for a celebration, whether it's, you know, something to put on the table at a wedding reception or a birthday thing. And like you said, there, there's adult supervision. So there's somebody making sure that you're probably doing it right. So do you really need a really big space to brew beer? I wouldn't say you need a big space, but you need a space where you can make a mess. So, oh, right. So in that space, it could be – well, I know, for example, I've seen breweries all around the San Francisco. And I'm amazed at what the production they're able to get out of these places in about 400 square feet or less. Yeah. I mean a lot of the breweries that we go to, the space is probably smaller than a two-car garage. Yeah. And a lot of people have two-car garages and go like, I don't have, I don't have room to, to brew. Right. When in fact they do, they just don't know it. They just think that, oh, I have to have you know a bigger place. <laughs> I would say watch. If you're going to do this, probably the biggest thing to, to look for is uh, temperature control for the fermentation. Keeping it cold while keeping it's it, there. Keeping or it, keeping it at, keep the, right it at the right temperature. Which means, you know, find the fridge on Craigslist. Find the the... Uh, the garage sale that's giving away a broken fridge. Right. You know, something because a broken fridge is still insulated. So what if it doesn't work? It's just you, like a gigantic Coleman. Yeah. You put your, you put your, uh, your beer in there at the end and let it sit and it's going to be, you know, whatever the temperature is, 75 degrees, 68 degrees, whatever. And it'll, it'll get you, uh, consistency, which is the biggest, I think. Bugaboo? The biggest bugaboo. <laughs> About homebrewing, and this is the thing, this is why I hated it, was not consistent. It means, you know, writing some stuff down. It means, you know, keeping track of time. It means, you know, it's not like cooking where you can go, ooh, I'll just put a pinch of salt, maybe a bit more. Oh, hey, this pepper, oh, I have this new pepper. Put that in there too. You know, you're tasting it along the way and you're finding out what what it's doing. And when you're brewing a homebrew... You can't really taste it. Right. Because it's boiling at some point. You can smell it, that's for sure. Uh, but you kind of really don't know how it's going to come out until the end. And a problem I think a lot of people come up with is they'll make one beer and they'll go, okay, my first beer is I'm going to make something dark. And you make it and it doesn't turn out right. So you go, okay, I'm going to try and make something hoppy now. And you make that and it doesn't turn out right. So then you say, I'm going to make something like this. Instead of practicing with one beer and figuring out what you did wrong and perfecting it, because you're probably ruining your next beer with the same mistake you made on your first beer. Because you're inconsistent. You haven't gone and taken the notes and done that. There's one step that you're just, you're sleepwalking through and that's what's messing stuff up. You know, make an, pick a style. What's your favorite style? What would you brew? I would brew... (laughs) I would brew a hoppy dark beer to cover all my mistakes. <laughs> I would brew probably a amber ale. Yeah. Because uh, I know what that's going to taste like, and I kind of have an expectation of what that's going to be, and I know that my friends might like it. Definitely not definitely not a pale ale, you know, like uh, chasing after the uh, Sierra Nevada or the uh, Triangle beer. Right, bass. Bass. What's the most interesting homebrew you've ever had? Oh, actually, it's this one that we're drinking right now. Oh, really? Yeah, this really – okay, so this is a chocolate stout. And 
um, the chocolate taste is not coming from the malt, or excuse me, not coming from chocolate, but because of the of the chocolate malt that's there. Right. And um, he's actually sent us the recipe, and I think we can post this, but we'll have to get permission first. But um, it might take of, a while. <laughs> lot, lot of lot of chocolate malt, um, and it's not so hoppy, but it it it's really good. It's super smooth. Yeah. Um, and we're serving – it says serve at room temperature. So this is um, 65 degrees. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's working totally. Cool. Yeah, I, 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 I like can it. see that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's called uh, – it's called Cremator. Cremator. Yeah. That's a sweet name. It is a sweet name. I have – my buddy Thor – What do you think – so do you like this? Yeah, I like it. Okay. I mean it's not something – it's not my usual – for anybody who's listening to the show, it's not my usual go-to beer. Right. But, yeah, I like it. Well, I, I think that, you know, it was weird that it was like eeny, meeny, where do we start? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. So let's take this beer and start with this because the other beers are in the ice and they're getting cold. So. Yeah. Now, my buddy Thor, years and years and years ago, made a raspberry stout that had, I forget how many pounds of raspberries in it, <laughs> that was amazing. Absolutely amazing. He Kinda brewed like a- really, really good beers. Kind of like a New Glarus Raspberry? No, not like that. It Even did better? Have tons of, it did, Even better? Well, did they do a Raspberry Stout? No. This is like when you go to the, uh, oh, you get the dessert stout. that's like a double chocolate cake with like fresh raspberries oh and fresh ras- raspberry so- sauce dumped all over it. Ugh. And you look at it, it was jet black and it was just. Mm. So on the Pantone scale, it would be like black. It would be uh, K100 or whatever it is. <laughs> K100. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, C, let's see. C Y M K. So it'd be zero 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 hundred. Yeah, zero 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 hundred. Ah, but uh, that was well, amazing stuff. The the fun thing about home brewing is because beer making is beer making. Whether you're doing it on a large scale or doing it on a small scale, it's the same ingredients. Uh huh. It's water, barley, hops, and yeast. Right. Maybe some raspberries. And some chocolate malt. <laughs> but the idea is, the idea of of the simplicity of the recipe makes it accessible to lots and lots of people. I will say this. The people that live in Los Angeles uh-huh. are going to have to bring their water from somewhere else. Because <laughs> if water out of the tap is going to be the worst thing in the whole world for making beer. You know, I've got to I've got to disagree with you on that, John. If we can go through the places in the world where I've had or in the United States where I've had the the worst water, hmm. LA's water uh, it might vary from place to place oh, in LA. What I'm saying is that what I'm using when I use this example is when I was living there, uh-huh. I would turn on the tap and it would smell like chlorine. Okay. I can see that. Okay. So when I when I I'm going to qualify using that saying if it smells like chlorine, it's not going to make good beer. Probably true. But no, I know their place. I remember Washington, D.C., their water was literally undrinkable. I had been out with friends in the middle of the night. I woke up to get a drink of water, and I fill up my glass at the tap, and I go, I'm like, I can't drink this. I just can't drink this. <laughs> what was wrong with the water? Just everything. I mean, it's just like so treated in every single possible way, and it sort of tastes like it was crunchy. Oh, gross. Parts of San Jose have the same sort of water. Right. Some of San Jose is on, well, we're getting way off subject, but, you know, some places they get water that comes down out of the mountains. New York City's got tremendous water. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
other places they're sucking out groundwater from where beneath God only knows what. Right. But uh, yeah, that's I mean, as you get more advanced into doing your beer, uh, you get into the the chemistry of the water and trying to make your water mimic the water that was available in different places and like our pale pails. Right. Uh, Burton on Trent in England, the flavor of bass is a lot because of the natural water that comes from where they brew the beer. So if you're going to make a bass, first you have to make the water. Exactly. You have to have the right salts, the right iron content, the right calcium, all the things that, that are going to go in that beer. Exactly. Well, you know, it's we're geeking out on that. That's a bit, I know. That's a bit far. But I guess the thing that, that that points out is just how far you can get into this subject. Right. You can like, you know, take some water, take an extract, take the yeast that comes with it, do a boil, call it a day. Right. So you don't want to boil the yeast, they'll die. <laughs> That's okay. There are a couple of steps. Wikipedia, we got the, Wikipedia we, covers we up. Got that the, pick, the, Wikipedia picks up everything we don't. The, the steps are not always in the right order on beerschool.com. <laughs> uh, let's see. This is why is this show following the prohibition show? Well, the idea of this of this this series that we're doing, prohibition, what happened after prohibition, the next thing, which is uh, the the cool show, and then the cool show, the cool show. I'm so excited. All of our shows are cool. I know, but I'm so excited about that. The next show. The idea is that um, home brewing, even though being illegal during a period of during prohibition happened because people had act because the the process of making beer is really simple. Right. And so even though there was near beer, even though there was well actually you could take near beer and you could repitch it and like bring it up. Yeah, there were there were kits that said don't do this and don't do this and especially don't do this because if you don't do this and don't do this and don't do this, you won't end up with beer. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea being that you know you don't have to have you don't have to put it in bottles. You can put it in a vessel that you can seal off, like a keg, or a wood barrel, or uh, you know something. Uh, uh, you know a gigantic porcelain urn. A gigantic porcelain urn, much like a bathtub, maybe. <laughs> and if you did uh, top fermenting yeast, you could actually have that grow in your bathtub and. Eventually, there it is, and you transfer it out of your bathtub and put it into the, the pouring vessel, and, and, you're, you're, set. and you're set. Um, and brewing beer was a lot simpler than, say, having a, a, uh, a still in the, in the woods in the back. Because what happens when you have a still? Fire. You have fire. You have pressure because there's fire. You have um, alcohol, which is going up through... It's evaporated. You can come up with stuff that's beer isn't really flammable. <laughs> and so <laughs> essentially you've got a bomb in the woods. Right. I don't I've never heard of people blowing up the lab making the beer. Now, fermenting the beer, I've heard of, you know, bottle bombs and all the other well, stuff. I know people who have imploded fermenters. Yeah. Fermenters. Stainless fermenters. But also you have to assume if somebody is making their own beer. They're probably, during Prohibition, probably not that picky about what they're making. Right. They're making something that resembles beer. Yeah. You know, it's got bubbles in the end. It's alcoholic. It's 
fun to drink. It tastes like beer. Well, the the uh, the historic recipes for making some of the the earliest earliest beer in the world sort of run along making bread, letting it get molding, and throwing it in an urn, <laughs> something like that. Look it up on Wikipedia. But realizing that if you put this and this together, something ferments and makes something. We're going to go with a. Uh, the next beer. This is the one okay. with the laser, the laser right. label on it. So uh, there's that, and well, that's an interesting mm, looking beer. It's what? How would you describe this beer motor? I don't, it, it's uh, reddish golden. Reddish golden. It looks like it's unfiltered. A little bit. Most home brews, in my experience, are not filtered. Right. They should be, but they're not. Well, they th- it, it, it this this looks like it's going to be interesting. All right, so uh, we're going to taste this. Uh, um, I'm going to go. So here I go. What the initial nose? The nose? The nose isn't that bad. Oh God! <laughs> Holy <laughs> Bugs Bunny rabbit face! Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's something. Uh, that's horrible. Multi okay, red. This, this is just multi red IPA. Something else going on in there that I don't. I'm not sure what it is. Well, here's the notes. He says he used a lot of hops. Hey, and, and it, on the bottom, actually, he says, "I hope you like hops." <laughs> is is in the notes? Yeah, there's sir. This is a uh, you know hops for hops' sake is not a good thing. Yeah, there's there's a thing called balance. There is a thing called balance, and I think that uh, yeah, I have to have something. Can I borrow that? Yeah. That, okay, thanks, because <laughs> this is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, it's not disgusting. It's just somebody. Uh, what, you, know what, you know what it is. Well, okay, He's probably so, brewing something up, and he goes, well, I like hops. I'm just going to put more hops in. Right. So that could be, or we could have a bad bottle. That's true, too. So maybe. Where did this come from? This came from. Uh, this came from. This came from. Hold on. This came John's from. This, looking at the. This came from Texas. Okay. So there's a chance that it because Texas is a warmer place. Yes. That during this the the transit to get to here, that it got damaged. Right. Um. So to be and we only have one bottle because they only sent the one. Yeah. When you're sending, possibly you know too bad our guest isn't here, but he will always say. He'll say, when you're sending beer, send more than one. Yes. Because you don't know what that's going to be. Send me a case. Send me a case of your beer. <laughs> <laughs> that's ambitious. That's a lot of beer. That's going to cost like 100 bucks. Like, what, 25, 26 bottles? Yeah, it's going to cost like 100 bucks <laughs> to get it here. And uh, if you're shipping it from the Midwest, a couple of steaks too, please? Yes, please. I like the I like the uh, porterhouse. So. Uh, Couple of porterhouse and some bottles of beer. We're not going to finish this. If it's coming, if it's coming from the northwest, uh, could you ship some salmon with your beer? And if it's coming from New England, specifically Rhode Island, I would like some Quahog uh, clams. I love those clams. I love those too. They kick ass. They do. Actually, they don't really kick ass, but they sort of squirt around. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm sorry that Texas. I'm still enjoying the light lager. Um, okay. Well, the, uh, so we had the chocolate stout. Yeah. And we the had imperial red hoppy, hoppy, whatever in yes. the laser label. So laser labels out. 
but here's the thing: you kind of this is the beauty of homebrew is that you really don't know what you're going to get, and if you're homebrewing, you can go out and take a risk and say, "Well, I'm going to make an orange IPA and peel oranges and throw them into the thing." You know, you're making you're making five, ten gallons. You're probably you can afford to waste a batch if you just really screw it up. As you get larger and you start to brew on, you know, the semi-pro or pro scale, um, you are actually making an investment not as not so much in money as it is in time and production for your brewery. If you're right now, summer's coming around, and a lot of the breweries that we know are brewing as fast as they can because people are drinking, 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 drinking. And if you've got a batch that you mess up and you have to get rid of or do something with, you lose a significant amount of your beer going out, and that's going to show up down the road that you've all this beer has spent this this much time going through the process. So you can't really risk it at a bigger scale. You have to figure out ways to know how to bring, even if you do a little homebrewing on the side or you have a little smaller brewery, you have to know how to scale that. And you know how to, have to know how to dial it in when you go to the to the bigger jump. Homebrewers can come up with all sorts of insane beers. Because and they have and they have coconut stouts. Oh, the the stuff from um, I've Mallory. never I've never had a coconut stout. So the um, actually the coconut porter from Maui Brewing Company. Okay, that showed up. Uh, well, I'm so sorry that we missed hanging out with him, um, but uh, Maui Brewing Company guy has been hanging out in the in the Bay Area for the last two weeks. Okay, we just haven't been able to hook up with him. However, we did get to try the Maui. The, the Maui, Maui Wowie? The no, <laughs> the 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 Maui um, coconut stout or not coconut stout coconut porter. Okay. Oh my gosh, so good. I haven't had that. John, it, are you drinking around behind my back? I'm not. I'm hanging out at the 21A, and somebody <laughs> says, "Try this," and I'm like, "What is it?" And it's, you know, it's like you know a taste this big, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I want the whole can. Where is it?" it turns out, can't get it. Damn. Damn. But uh, Punchy's is on a triple rock. What's that? Punchy's Left Coast Pilsner. Sounds interesting. What does describe this beer? It's a Pilsner. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a little. Uh, it's a little hoppy. It's nice. It's uh, their usual one of their usual summer beers that they pull on. You get the the beers of summer. Watermelon wheat is in uh, full swing, and got the. Uh, it was just the Hate Street Fair, so mm. the uh, Jubilee Ale, uh, which is actually quite delicious, is on at Magnolia. Good job. It's you know, and it's festival season. It's festival season. So it's, we're going to talk about festivals in just a minute, but we're going to open our next beer, okay? Which is a strawberry blonde. Oh, and this comes from somebody up in in uh, Washington, okay, uh, in the Seattle area. And so they're actually, it's very nice letter. It says, "Hope you guys enjoy this." Um, I brewed it with a lot of strawberries. Okay. So one thing one thing people have to figure out when they're brewing with uh, these are fr- with fruit is that part of your process in making beer is to extract sugars to convert to alcohol. Depending on when you put your fruit in, you have to consider what those sugars in the fruit are going to be doing. Whether they go in to the part where you're ex- where you're converting those those fruits to alcohol, or you put them in later, where you're just doing it for the flavor. Exactly, and I um, it says they were not in the boil; they were in the fermentation okay 
So added them after the fact, which is you can't really heat up a strawberry and hope to have any flavor out of it. It's gonna that's not gonna see. This is why I don't homebrew, John. No, but this is this is basic cooking stuff, right? Okay, is this cooking or science? I've never grilled a strawberry, so you know. And if you can't, we've grill, grilled watermelon before. That was fun. I seem to remember that. <laughs> All right, so here's the stout. <laughs> I, no, not the stout. The, the uh, strawberry, the strawberry blonde. blonde. All right, so pouring this into the glass, and it's got a nice color. I love the color. It's it looks like a they filtered it obviously because it's super clear. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of strawberries in the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I much can. like much like the 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 peach the patch. Yeah, um, remember like. That was like overwhelmingly peach. Well, also, it's true strawberry because I've had some commercial microbrew strawberry blondes yeah. where you smell the strawberry and it's like strawberry hubba bubba because right. they're they're brewing with uh, fruit extracts, like Jolly Ranchers. Are there strawberry Jolly Ranchers? There are. Uh, you can just throw the strawberry Jolly Ranchers into the into the fermentation. And <laughs> I want to know if you can make a crayfish stout. <laughs> We have enough crayfish oh, shells man, today to like. This smells really good. It's like full of strawberries. All right. Me, yeah. I haven't even tasted it yet. No, this is this I'll I'll wait to Oh. Uh, your face is no in the story. This is this is a exquisite. Okay. <laughs> it's sad that this can't be made on a commercial basis. Yeah, because homebrewers can go out and spend, you know. I think when my buddy made his raspberry stout, he spent, you know, $70 on strawberries for five gallons of beer. Yeah. So you would be coming out with a beer that you'd be selling for $10 a pint for the cost of fruit. And it's probably the same same story here with the strawberries. Uh, They've got great – they've let them ripe. They – I don't know the story because we don't have the details of this. It's just – The farmer's market. Yeah, farmers market strawberries. That's where the raspberries yeah. came from. It was it, you go to the farmers market and you just get your pile of raspberries or strawberries well, or whatever. I'm not normally I'm not a big fruit beer fan, although I I have some favorites of fruit beer. Uh huh. And this is this is outstanding. This is this is this is this is uh, making me happy. Well, you've got the beer is, and we have a we have a whole other bottle of it. Cool. The base of the beer itself is a nice is a nice straightforward crisp beer, mm-hmm. but the strawberries add almost a creaminess to it that you don't get from the beer. You're getting it from the fruit and the strawberry flavor. Exactly. And, Amazing. Uh, it's uh, kudos to Washington. Bravo, my friend. And they don't even dr- grow strawberries in Washington <laughs> they had unless to, they're doing it in hot houses. They had to ship them up from California, and it's really not even strawberry season here. <laughs> but wherever they got these strawberries, they they they've they've outdone themselves. Wow. But yeah, this is. Uh, it almost makes you want to homebrew. I know, Mike. I just want. I'm. I want to go fishing again. That's I'm inspired. I'm inspired by this beer because, well, here's the thing: the guy has obviously been brewing fruit beers for a while. Yeah. Because this is not a first effort. No. There is definitely consistency. A he filtered it, and he and, well, strawberries have those nasty little seeds. There's no seeds in this. No. So it had to be filtered. No, nah, this is this is uh, this uh, is scary good. It's scary good. <laughs> All right, where are we going now? What's our next question? 
Too bad our guest isn't here. <laughs> you know, John, one of the pluses of our guest not being here is we split the beer into two pieces instead of three. Exactly. We get more of the strawberry beer. <laughs> this is good. All right. So I'm going to ask Washington. I'm going to ask the question this. Is it science or is it cooking? It's both. Well, yeah. depending. Well, no, after, no, no. after drinking, uh, after I, I drinking, give, this I will beer? give you this. I will give you this. Uh, it's is cooking science or art, and depending on what you do, if you're baking, it's science. All the people I know who bake, mm-hmm. you have to follow the recipe exactly. The way I cook, it's art. Okay. It's like I like this, so I'm gonna. I'm trying to make the world's most perfect macaroni and cheese. And I think I've come up with the world's most perfect macaroni and cheese. Really? Yes. And that is just, it was a very long and interesting process. At Christmas, I was given a macaroni and cheese cookbook by my friend who wanted me to make her the world's best macaroni and cheese. And I went through reading all the recipes in the cookbook. And I started to look at everything that goes into all these different, and they had, pardon me, uh, lobster bisque macaroni and cheese. And they had simple macaroni and cheese. And so I got an idea for what I wanted and how it all went together. And the, the when I started out, I was it had too many notes. <laughs> it had too much going on. I'm sorry. There's and too I started many notes. to strip it down and strip it down till I got to the point. It's like, duh, it's called macaroni and cheese. You use macaroni and cheese and a little bit of other magic. And I finally nailed it. But it's the way I cook. Here's a flavor I like. Here's something I like. What if I put this all together and see what happens? I made, <laughs> this is going to sound disgusting this week, I made lentil chili. That's disgusting. <laughs> I was out with another friend. She was talking about what she had made. And I go, I want to make chili. And I'm, I'm at the at the produce store and I look at, I'm looking at the bins of all like the dry beans. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to use kidney beans. I'm going to use lentils. Yeah, but the, I would like lentils if they weren't called lentils. Why? It's a stupid name. It's just dumb. It's a movie that wasn't even interesting. Oh, God. I knew you were going there. Uh, and I got turned off by, you know, for, you know t- 20 years later after the thing has been made, I'm still in, not into the idea of watching a movie based on a legum. <laughs> Oh, so let's say uh, to celebrate my birth, my dad wanted to get together with his buddies and brew some homebrew. Would that have been legal? Mm, No. Okay. Beer making after the prohibition happened. And actually beer making prior to prohibition was illegal in a lot of states. Um, And as we found out that, you know, it took... 75 years for prohibition to actually kick in. Right. And the grand experiment said we're going to we're going to ban this, we're going to make this illegal, we're going to we're going to uber control this and none of this is going to happen. Right. Well, a couple of things happens out of this. They still build hops. They still make barley. They still well, can't take water away like how would <laughs> How would we live? And um, and yeasts are naturally naturally around everywhere. Right. So the basis the, the because hops and barley are used for other products, we you know we don't turn this off. I mean, you know, they were available for export. They were available for food. They were available for other 
processes other than making beer. So the whole entire time that prohibition is going on and the 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 temperance movement and states being dry, they're still having to have this stuff available. Uh-huh. Can't take the livelihoods of a farmer away. Right. That's wrong. Can't make that into something else called beer. That's wrong, but we can still move it around. So it it takes from it takes from the end of prohibition and another fifty years give or take five 40 yeah whatever yeah some uh, sometime into the disco era into the disco era did disco have anything to do with the return of homebrewing no are you sure yep oh yeah that's evelyn champagne king not evelyn beer king i thought i had disco still sucks but the idea is that disco the, does not suck oh, we're, the, oh. we're at odds we're at odds Okay, go but on. here's the thing, Jimmy Carter, the guy who is seen as the most mm, pathetic president ever. You mean the least crooked and probably smartest? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That guy. <laughs> that guy saved beer. Yes. He signed a law that allowed home brewing and microbrewing and breweries to exist, and yeah. without Jimmy Carter. And, you know, it might have been his brother that said that this is this needs to happen. It might have been just the, 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 the ear to the brewers, you know, in his state of Georgia where he, was, where he was. Or it might have just been, hey, we have to erase these laws. And if I don't do it, it's never going to happen. You know, I got to tell you, we, we both love the book Ambitious Brew mm-hmm. by Maureen Ogle. Ogle. Whatever. Whatever. Ogle. Ogle. But going back to read that, there's not really good explanation for why Jimmy Carter. We don't know why this happened. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question because if you look back to the history of microbreweries, uh, New Albion that started just north of here came a little bit after that. But there was no really who organized or who got who, where was the push? What was the group that pushed the government of the United States of America? To legalize homebrewing. Billy That's Carter. That's something. <laughs> Here's a toast to Billy. Exactly. Clank. We actually have a, a can of his beer over on the desk. It's holding your pens. Exactly. Um, that's something that's not touched on in Ambitious Brew. And coming to think about it right now, it's a very interesting question. Who pushed this? Who made this happen? Was it, you know, the... the okay, we'll figure this out. We'll give it our homework for Our next homework. Week we have homework. Is to answer this question. <laughs> Exactly. I want to know this question by the time we have our guest on yes. when we're talking about homebrew. We have speaking of homebrew, we have one more homebrew. Okay. Uh it's unlabeled. I love these. And I love sitting around and And we the, don't and we don't know what it is, and the guy goes, Here's the note, it says, Hope you like this. I'm really proud of this. <laughs> okay. People say that about their six year olds as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the most photographed kid. All right, here we go. Stop throwing feces in the third grade. Uh, I don't like the nose already. It's way, way. What does it smell like? Cigarettes? It smells. It smells. It smells. Here, try. Just we're not even going to pour this. 
Oh. I think it's off. We should open the other the other bottle. He sent us four. Okay. So we have I think this one's just this done. Like Russian roulette. I'm gonna taste it just because I wanna see what this is about. I think it's I think this beer is um has been spoiled. Yeah. Or um in this in, in or this, infected. In, it's infected. Hold on. There was a booger on the inside of the cap when he capped it. John's gonna sh- <laughs> John's shooting beer out his desk as we speak. <laughs> I'm trying to swallow it's so, it's so bad. Okay, this beer is infected. Okay. So the bane of the home brewer is you have to have you're trying to keep a, a microorganism alive. Yes. A billion of them in a five gallon bucket. And then you have to put your billion you know after they after the beasties die you have to transfer it from the bucket into the bottle right or into the keg or whatever you're gonna wherever you're gonna put it and you know you may have decided that you want to carbonate that beer before you put it into the before you put it in into the bottle uh-huh and you don't squirt the end of the the uh co2 line right before you hook it up right and you don't, you know, so you've got dirty oxygen in your line. Well, no, even worse is that you you have whatever was there, whatever was sitting on the end of that that was from the that was from the air, uh-huh. is now connected into your keg as you're, you know, on your CO two line, and you're putting pressure in that, and you're sticking it in there. And not everybody wants to have spontaneous fermentation. Nope, and that's what happened. I th- I'm pretty sure this is what happened okay. with this beer. So we don't know if this was from if this was uh, carbonated or if it was bottle conditioned or. Oh, let me, or, let me or, grab another one out. Yeah. Okay. Out of the cooler over here. Right on. Here. Oh, cool. Well, you got the opener. Today. I have the opener. All right. It's, uh, it's truly the theater of the mind. Okay. This is this has none of those characteristics that we just tried. It's true. It doesn't remind me of repellent things that I will not name on the air. Something that died in the bottle. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm happy. I'm I'm actually excited about this because this um, smells like a very balanced uh, pale ale. Well, you're you're pouring it behind all the empty bottles, so I can't see what it looks like. Well, <laughs> it looks like a pale ale. Okay. Um, it smelled like a pale ale. It smells like, smells like a pale ale, and I'm going to try this now. Does it so, walk like a pale ale and quack like a pale ale? Then it must be a duck. Wow, that's very. I think what this is yeah. is a. Uh, this is a Sierra Nevada clone. Or else you just poured Sierra Nevada into a bottle and called it his own. The bastard. <laughs> no, I'd say this is a clone. I would say this is well. So the clone thing, there's nothing on the bottom of the bottle, uh-huh. right? So he did not bottle condition this. There's no yeast down in the bottom of the bottle. Um, it's filtered, and it's uh, it's exquisite. This man has really outdone himself. Um, a clone beer, you know, a beer. So this is a beer where you say I'm going to make the same style as somebody right uh i think that's what scott did with his beer the light american lager oh yeah yeah 
Yeah, he's cloned it really. You know, he's I have to give. I have to. Job. I have to say because that's a really Scott, hard. That's a really, really, really hard, hard style, style to make, to and we haven't talked about Scott's beer. But we're going to talk about it after we we drink this stout. I mean, excuse me. This <laughs> we beer. don't really need to talk about it. Everybody know what the beer tastes like. It's just amazing you can pull it off. <laughs> and and so um, you know, there's a there's it's got a good nose. It's got a good hot background. It's really it's really I don't know. I would say this is a commercial beer. Yeah, it's so well made. Yeah, and it's also a style that when you anybody who tastes this will go, I know that flavor. I'm familiar with that flavor. Yeah, hurrah, hurrah for your for your craftsmanship. I sir. wonder if he's won. I wonder if he's won medals with this beer because this is, uh, you know, he might have. We don't know. We don't know any more about it. As you continue to send us beers and steaks and salmons and quahog clams, <laughs> uh, don't. Don't be shy about telling us how great your beer is, or at least how great other people think your beer is. Exactly. I would say if we were uh, rating this beer, you uh-huh. know, doing the the beer judge, I think this would probably be like a ninety or a ninety-two. They do on. that, or is it like gymnastics where it goes to six? No. Or is it like Spinal Tap where it goes to eleven? Goes to somewhere. Well, anyway, the the number. John, you know, I know no facts. It depends on it. No, it depends on what on, on it depends on what festival you're sending it to. Some festivals, some, some of them are being judged on a on a hundred scale, and some of them are being judged on a ten scale, and some of them are being judged on a six scale. And so, if you you know if you have six points, that's like a perfect beer. And if you multiply that six times, you know seven, you know some number that makes it a hundred, you could do with a conversion to Celsius. Double it and add 30. Okay. When do you have metric beers? <laughs> wait. You divide by 2 and subtract 30. No, wait. You subtract 30 and divide for, by 2. For then you get metric. Miles to kilometers is 0.625. Kilometers to miles is 1.6. And if I have that backwards, I have it backwards. And then if you're trying to figure out Celsius? Uh, centimeters to inches as you multiply uh, centimeters by 2.54 to get inches. Uh, I don't know. I'm not good with uh, liquid measure, though. Metric beers. Man. What are they going to think of next? Uh-uh. All right. Well, so we have a couple more things to talk about. So a needle pulling thread. No. So I'll have another beer. Okay. Uh, what else do we have to talk about, John? We have festivals to talk about. So everyone's starting to email us about hanging out at the GABF. No, the OBF. The OBF, the best festival on the planet. Exactly. The Except G- I've never been to the Berlin Beer Mile. I'd mm. really like to go to the Berlin Beer Mile. But well, as far as I know now, OBF, the Oregon Brewers Festival, is the best beer festival. The OBF is at the end of July. And it starts on a Thursday and goes through Sunday. I believe that I'm going to be there for half of that. Okay. Leaving on Saturday to uh, go up to a big party in in uh, Seattle. See, I'm doing everything backwards. I'm going to Seattle first, then coming down to Portland. But I will be there all four days of the festival. You are, a and magnet. I'll be holding office hours at Dino's. <laughs> so bring your singles. Ah, <laughs> uh, Dino's. And maybe hanging out at uh, Lucky Lab. And Wrigley's Annex. And a little stop in at Bridgeport. 
We like Bridgeport. And uh, Fire on the Mountain Wings. And I want to go to Friar Tuck's to get fried chicken. On, a place that brews their own beer and has fried chicken. I really want to go there. I've never been there before. Uh, maybe, um, what is it? The Oriental Garden. That's another. <laughs> I, and of course, Mary's. If you guys want to stock brewers during the OBF, go to Mary's. Go to Mary's. And we're not going to fill this in. You guys have to figure out all these places we're talking about. But if you want to find brewers at the OBF, go to Mary's. I'm going to say this. Yeah. That coffee people has really good coffee, although I think they went out of business last time I was up there. That's a big bummer. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find us at the OBF. Yes. Listen for the song. <laughs> Watermelon, wheat, beer, posse, rolling <laughs> through the OBF. Watermelon, wheat, beer, posse. It's pink. It's sweet. sweet. We love it. <laughs> and if you're if you don't I'll be wearing this, the watermelon fedora, yeah. this year's style is the watermelon top hat. There's a watermelon top hat this year? Oh, yeah. You haven't seen the watermelon No, top. I have The fedoras not. look better than the top uh, hat, I think. I think, I, you know what? I keep getting compliments about the fedora <laughs> when I wear it to different things. Anyway, if you find a person, if you find somebody wearing a watermelon hat and you want to find us, ask them. They will be able to direct you to us. I should probably, we should probably get, this is probably too warm for the OBF. We're going to have, no, so we'll actually, we'll have the proper t-shirts. And if it's 100 degrees, we're going to be wearing the whitebeerschool.com shirts. I don't look good in white. And... (laughs) We also have the golden one that looks like you're wearing a beer. I'm going to wear my Brewing Network Army shirt. That's a pretty cool shirt. <laughs> you wore that last time. I did. Uh, but yeah, OBF, we will definitely be there. I will not be making the Breast Fest uh, July 14th at Marin Brewing in Larkspur, California. Not taking the ferry over there? Uh, I will be in Los Angeles. Uh I'm, Are you going to Woodland Hills to see the end of BJ's? No, there? but I'm going. I'm down there on business. But the evening of July 14th, which is a Saturday, I will probably roll out to uh, uh, what a Lucky Baldwin's in Pasadena. Oh yeah, Lucky Baldwin's is a good place. Well, you'll have to hook up with Pusha Jackson's Fen. Yes, we'll see if they listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably like, um, you got that fact wrong. You got that fact wrong. I, I don't know. If the- We're going to do another angry white guy rap. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, let's see what else. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, do I have any other beers, events that I'm going to? We're going to Chico sometime, right? Yeah, we're going right to Chico. Time? Well, we July is a weird month. Yes. For you, mostly, because you're traveling all the time. Um, troublemaker. Troublemaker. But we have to get to Chico before uh, August 5th. We're not going to make it. Nuh-uh? I don't think so. Unless really? we go in the middle of the week sometimes. You realize it's the, what, the 16th of June right now? Yeah. The summer is just evaporating quickly. It is. And when I look at the schedule... And I'm sure by the time... When I look at the schedule ahead... I know that there's some, like some things that I cannot miss no matter what. Right. There's there's the seventh year anniversary of the 21A. Yes. There's the 21st show of BeerSchool.com. Yes. There's the tequila party. There's I've never been to tequila party. You should come this year. Okay. It'll be a the tequila party. We're not even going to talk about the tequila party on BeerSchool.com. There's the first anniversary party. First anniversary party. 
Oh, you'll figure it out. Oh, that one. <laughs> oh, oh, right. The first the, actually is it. It's the first. No, it's the second anniversary. No, it's the first anniversary. Uh, yes, yeah, I got you. <laughs> We're you know we might just pull this off this week, John. That's all I can say. Got it. All right. So, homebrewers, thank you very much for sending us beer. Yes. It's, and next time, send us steaks and salmon along <laughs> or quahog clams along and with the beer. When, uh, and when we do part two of the show, we'll have Justin Crosley from the Brewing Network yes. who has a show called The Session. And it is the geekiest show about b- making beer that you can actually listen to. Um, they talk about uh, water chemistry, sanitation, Vessels that brew that beer can be brewed in, uh, containers that can deliver beer. Uh, they talk about heat. They talk about yeast. They talk about everything. They talk to actual real life brewers. They they have uh, Dan Gordon from Gordon Beersh on the show once in a yes. while. And uh, go seek out that show in the archive. And actually, we'll I'll make sure to put the link in there. That's a fun fun show to listen to. And their URL is the Brewing Network. Dot com And if you can't spell those words, you shouldn't be on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Although Gates Renovation, there's only one in renovation, and they're looking for experienced project <laughs> managers and lead carpenters. That's Gates Renovation with one N. Uh, there's still some more stout. And a little bit of strawberry. There's there. a little bit of strawberry. And we have two more bottles, but, you know, it's rushing with those with the, yeah. from the, uh, the pail. One of them probably pops soon. All right. Well, I'm John Foster. From time to time, I tell people that my name's Motor. And we only have one last thing to say here on Beer School. And that is... Class dismissed! (laughs) (laughs) All right, that was fun. Yeah, it was great. You know, since it's summer, we're not assigning homework, are we? No, no. Well, okay. So, had our brewer friend actually been here, yes, I would have said, "Go get a Mister Beer. It's only thirty bucks, and brew your own beer." Exactly. Uh, you know, and try it out. But because our brewer friend's not here to help us with this, no homework. No homework. Okay, that's fair. Well, if, if you want to, if too. you want to go buy a Mister Beer for thirty bucks, they didn't send us a coupon code to get one right. you know, for cheaper. Uh, we're still mentioning it because I'm going to put it in the show, and here's this, and then maybe for the next time when we actually have, <laughs> we'll have a Mister Beer. We'll have a uh, a, a Mister Beer coupon for uh, the listeners. Beautiful. Uh, Do you think the Red Sox have beaten the Giants again yet? Probably. It was devastating yesterday. Ten to two. Ten to two. You know the when the Red Sox. I was when the Red Sox out for that game. When the Red Sox were here in San Francisco, that was the funnest weekend. It was uh, Emily Rose's, my goddaughter's first birthday, and or it was Father. No, it was Father's Day. Well, this is Father's Day weekend. This is Father's Day weekend. Uh, shout out to Michelle's mom. Hey, not a father. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we went there. My my buddy, hi <laughs> man, and my goddaughter Emily Rose and other folks. And we, he is a huge Red Sox fan. And little Emily Rose was dressed up in her one-year-old baby Red Sox outfit. And I kept screaming child abuse. And uh, we sat out in the beautiful bleacher seats and watched the Giants beat the Red Sox. They went, uh, it went two. They won. They lost. They won. Yeah. 
And uh, when they won, it was a screaming home run to center field. Yeah. And that was like every, the crowd went wild. There were so many people there. And, the, and, we, the learned how to, fans, and we learned how to say beer garden properly. That beer week. garden. Beer garden. I still like my, my word that I learned a year ago when I was out in Atlantic City for getting drunk. What's that? Went out and got tuned up the other night. I got tuned up. I got tuned up. <laughs> I got tuned up. <laughs> I want to talk about this, but I can't. I know. It's so Cow's sad. Cow's got to eat something. Cow's got to eat something. <laughs> and you know what? The la- the landlord wasn't too sure about that. She's hot. Which, and I and I was thinking that she matched. So her hair matched her her sunglasses that matched the bikini that matched the beer that matched the shoes. And then I noticed that her toenails were red, so she didn't totally match. I got to tell you. Most of the uh, we're talking about the celebrator of uh, the best beer resource in this country that is free, uh, celebrator.com. And this time of the year is always when they put out their their uh, swimsuit issue. Yeah, annual brewer swimsuit issue. I gotta tell you, and I hope none of those girls are listening. Uh, what? She'll talk to me. She'll talk to me. She won't. She won't. <laughs> she might talk to me. This girl's got a boyfriend. <laughs> and, and, and and so okay, tell. so out of uh, out of the four there, which yeah. one? One, two, three, or four from right to left from left to right. Um I've got it. Oh, the second photo down. I thought you were talking about the no, top No, not the top photo. The second photo. Um, so, one, two, without, three. Without a uh, starting uh, one, two, three, four. Yep, exactly. I'm going to go with one. Really? Yes. Next to the number three. I'm going with, I'm going with one there. Wow. You're not even seeing, you're not even seeing the front side of... Of one. You know, I can see her intellect. I'm not looking at, you know. I'm, you know. I'm here what do you pick? Four. Four. Guess why? She's got a motor butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John. So we're going to pull this one in in an hour? Uh, we're at an hour. Woo, we rock. We do rock. <laughs> we, uh, we actually have, have listened to the requests of the listeners and the brewers and the... Uh, Supreme Commanders. And, and, and like the guy said, get more wrecked. Yeah, exactly. So. We got wrecked prior to, and then we pulled it out and said, here's the hour. Yes. I still want to talk about that photo, but I think that can't. one. I can't. It's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three, or four. Four. Yes. I can't believe you didn't pick four. It's What we're doing, this is called a visual preference survey. You guys can all play along at home. Um, oh yeah, this is your homework. Get a, a get celebrator. Get a copy of the celebrator. I'm going to go with one again. Really? Yeah, I'm going to go with one again. <sighs> one, two, three, four. It's four. <laughs> You're See, go with four I'm again. going with four. See, uh, she matches. This one. This one. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Right. Uh, we couldn't go one, two, three, four, five. We could go with six, but that would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> the sound of ruffling papers of the page of the celebrator. Uh, uh, through here. Oh, uh, this is the funniest thing here. Okay, so speaking of 1839. Yes. 
beer yeast, when dispensed in water, breaks down into little infinite number of small spheres. If these spheres are transferred into an aqueous solution of sugar, they develop into small animals. They are endowed with a sort of suction trunk with which they gulp up the sugar from the solution. Digestion is immediately and clearly recognizable because of the discharge of excrements. These animals evacuate ether alcohol from their bowels and carbon dioxide from their urinary organs. Once they can thus one can observe how a specifically lighter fluid is ex ex exuded exuded from the anus and rises vertically, whereas a stream of carbon dioxide is ejected at very short intervals from their enormously large genitals. So spoke the Lord. Now, so spoke Fredli Frederick Wooler and Justin Vaughn. Speaking of, oh, not Justin, Justice von Liebig, published in the Annals of Chemistry, volume number 29, 1839. Those guys knew a lot about beer back then. Yes. They did their homework. Hey, kid. Go get yeah. us. <laughs> hey, kid. Go to 1839 and get us that volume. Surprise! And the sky is gray. <laughs> <laughs>